0: Hey, folks, do you love gourmet coffee roasted on site for a reasonable price? Of course you do. The Roll Call Room Cafe imports coffee beans from around the world and roasts on site for the freshest coffee. Check them out at 17229 Wayside Drive, Dumfries, Virginia, 22026 or rollcallroomcafe.com to order coffee.
1: The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. Any characters discussed on this show may be fictional for comedic value unless you're a shitbag Steve. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised.
2: when i haven't tasted blood in a while i don't really, i don't notice i'm not sitting there thinking about it and then all of a sudden something will happen some situation will unfold and i'll i'll go into like war mode and i i just feel so good it, it makes me just look around and i just think you know i wasn't really supposed to be doing anything else Because it it makes me feel so good to, to, to be in that mode, to feel that focus. When I have somebody or some entity that is antagonistic to me and my family, my friends, my team, I feel something that is the best whether it was the enemy, whether it was part of some organization, some person that had some, did something. You know, if there's a betrayal scenario where someone betrays me and they want to go to war, that's when I love the taste of blood.
1: Oh, and welcome to the Roll Call Room podcast that pissed off shitbag Steve Commanders and cost my daddy his job, and then pissed them off yet again with his number one book, Mental Health Barricade on Amazon. And now your host, my uncle Mike, and best-selling author, my daddy. Fuck you, Commanders. Up your ass. <laughs>
2: All right,
0: Right ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Roll Call Rome podcast. I am one of your hosts Nick. With me is the lovable, snuggable motorcycle accident. <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Mike! How are you, my friend? I thought you were going to call me a little evil Knievel. <laughs> no, I did enough of that on social <laughs> How are you feeling, buddy? Uh So with us... Uh, first guest in the new studio with me is Dario. Did I get it right? You
3: got it. Yeah. Hey, there you go. a little, got I got a little
0: twang on that. Bad boy. Um uh, He is in the studio with me in the cafe. The first in-house studio guest that we've had um, met him through the cafe, came in a fellow New Yorker, um, Great guy, met his wife and his uh, his kids, fantastic uh, family, and we started to talk, and he is a Marine, and he does a lot of cool stuff that uh, we're going to get into, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later on. Um, the title of this episode uh, is uh, Leaders versus Dictators, and I thought that this would be fantastic uh, from the military perspective, because Mike and I... The only military background that we have is Girl Scouts being touched by our scout leaders. So um, I think it's good uh, to get uh, the military side of how truly fucked up things are, not only on the on the police side, but also on the military side. So um, the caveat is, is that he absolutely loves uh, the Marine Corps. Right?
3: Absolutely. I love I great love the experience. Marine Corps and I love uh, the military in general. Uh, but, you know, I, I think without touching on the issues, you don't get anywhere. Right? I used to tell as a leader, I used to tell my Marine, tell me what's wrong. Don't don't tell me what I'm doing right. Right. Because we can't get better that way.
0: See, if we could just transfer that over to some of the leadership and law enforcement right now, because especially with COVID and, and you know, um, the anti-cop movement and all that other stuff, uh, if you're a line officer and you speak up. Uh, to you know supervisors commanders I mean they will crush you they will absolutely crush you they don't want that negative feedback or that constructive criticism which that's what I I consider it
4: you consider cancer
0: yeah oh my god they will work you out they will definitely work you out um, and uh, it's a it's a culture it's a cancel culture right now not just in in general but it's uh, in law enforcement but before we get into that, Mike, um, I want to see how you're doing. Uh just a backstory is he got into a motorcycle accident. Man, sorry to hear that. Man. Yeah, he um, you know, he was traveling down the road and then out of nowhere, um, lady hit him. We can't really go into details because you know, legality reasons, insurance reasons, whatever else shit goes man, on. Man, I've been dying
3: to say this. Open investigation. <laughs> <An> open- <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> exactly. That's what it is right now.
0: Yeah, yeah it's an open investigation. So, Mike. I mean, how are you feeling? Um, have you gotten emails from people? Um,
4: yeah, I mean, I, I feel alright. I am s- real sore still. Um, yeah, it's probably about a month now. For the accident has it been that long? And, uh, yeah, just about, just about a month. And uh, no. um, yeah, I am. I am pretty sore still. Um, going to therapy. I did a lot of therapy, two times a week. Probably they, the doctor just um, upped it, so I am probably gonna do another four weeks for a total of. 10 weeks of Jeez. pt that, um that much huh yeah um it hurts you know it's um you know uh fans have been good a lot of cammy's been reaching out to me every day see what i'm doing check it up on me uh, makes me all giddy inside um, I, um <clears throat> I mean i got a lot of crap
0: for for making fun of you
4: Um, yeah but you know what people a bunch of my friends (laughs) they've been texting me saying yo nick is just hilarious with that freaking motorcycle noise and they got they got like really really angry really upset oh my but um yeah and then let me let me just you know i got some fan mail oh do you oh yeah yeah before oh, before my, before I my crazy, fan I got, Darius.
3: I got a crazy question go ahead brother and and I've always wondered this because I want to get a motorcycle one day so you had an accident in your motorcycle was it still on when it went down
0: yes oh it didn't the clutch didn't pop it off
3: no
4: um Damn. I actually it a beautiful bike too I, yeah I um, so I got so I got hit I got broadsided. Um <laughs> lady uh blew a stop sign and uh she hit me and when she hit me she pushed me like twenty-five feet into oncoming traffic. So um I remember hearing the engines and I, I'm thinking to myself, Oh shit, she's gonna run me over, and that's it, I'm done. Um, uh, but it was actually my bike. Um so when I, I kind of tucked my chin when I was getting hit and I kind of pulled up on my handlebars just not to just try to protect my head and I guess I was on the gas <clears throat> but yeah the bike went down and the the engine was still on so
0: so I have uh, gotten a lot of like um fans that have reached out and kind of
4: Oh uh, yeah yeah so <laughs> so <clears throat> I get this package in the mail
0: oh okay and well, I'm, I'm my I'm interested
4: Screw you! Okay, all right. Don't don't even play it. All right. So it's it's addressed to Sex Master.
3: Whoa.
4: <laughs> yeah. And what kind of show am I on here? What exactly. Here? So welcome. Um, so my wife hands me the package, and she's laughing, and she goes up. Oh, it's to Sex Master, and I'm like, oh great. So I'm like, I'm like, shit. This thing is heavy and then i'm like it's kind of rattling like there's some weight to it i'm like what the hell is this i'm thinking it's like a swing or like some type of like contraption of some shit that's i don't what know he thinking <laughs> he right <writes me. laughs> he knows me that's why he knows so me. so i'm like what the hell is what what the hell am i going to pull out of this package so I have to go into the other room because I don't know what's going to come out in this package.
0: And you don't want your kids to see it.
4: Right? And so I shake it. And I hear metal. And I'm like, oh, this is no good. So I open it up. I kind of, like, peek in. I see rubber. I see metal. <laughs> I'm like... His face like, the studio is hilarious. I'm like this motherfucker i'm like i'm gonna kill this guy i'm seriously gonna send him like a 12 foot dildo (laughs) right so my wife is laughing and i pull out bell flip up flip down learn to ride training wheels wow
3: that is amazing well done nick
0: well Well the funny part is is that i was at the cafe and i was searching on amazon for training wheels and i wanted specific training wheels i wanted old school metal because all of them are plastic i wanted metal and i wanted mike to be able to graduate from training wheels to the real deal so the flip-up ones were like state of the art wow so
3: you should have sent them just one then
0: Yeah, they they were on sale, they were the Blasio special.
3: Yeah. Uh, Oh uh
0: so uh all in good fun, Mike. I'm glad that you're okay.
4: Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. So um Uh, before we start, um I'm jealous of Darius. mm -hmm. I always wanted to be a Marine. I got talked out of it. Um I got uh much respect for you um and our military um i love you guys um my partner um just left i talked about it on thanksgiving he just left uh he's gonna go to afghanistan for about a year god Bless him, man. God bless him. so um thank you for your service um and god bless you and your family brother
3: listen uh, thank you very much for that and you know let me tell you something i grew up in brooklyn new york sunset park Ooh, my first uh interactions with police wasn't positive Mm. It wasn't that I did something. It was just the way it it was in the hood. But Mm -hmm. what I can tell you as I matured and I've grown and become a Christian and so on and serve my country, that I'm very grateful for the men and women walking these streets, walking the beat, wearing the the uniforms that different colors, whether you're a sheriff or, you know, you are walking the beat, because I do feel safer at night. Uh, I do feel, you know, my family is safer. And in many uh, situations, what I tell people is, Who's the first you call when there's an emergency? Because mm-hmm. you don't know any other number. All no. you know is 911. Even during protests. Yeah, Even like you don't protests. know the fireman's <laughs> phone number. Well, you got to wake him up first. No, you, you call 911. <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, for for someone like me who, who I serve my country uh, and now I'm a, a citizen, uh, I just want to make sure that all your subscribers are listening and future subscribers and know that I, I got your back. Why the Marines? Why did you choose the Marines? That is a great question. I yeah. chose the Marines because very early on in my life, I had a neighbor who was in the Marines. And I saw him in his uniform, obviously. And I used to play with my older brothers, G.I. Joe's. And I used to watch G.I. Joe. And, uh, you know, I started doing a little research, I think, as early as five years old. What? As early as five years old, I was really? attracted to the military. And and, and I kind of saw the structure and the foundation. And I was like, look at this. These guys are like, you know, they're pretty bad. They're pretty pretty tough and they're they're doing it for the right reasons and so little by little i i i said you know what i started going down the wrong avenues started hanging out on the wrong streets Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the wrong buildings and one day i told myself you know i said hey either i go to the left or i go to the right if i go to the right it's going to be hard it's going to be lonely it's going to be uh pretty tough right and and so i said i have to go to something that's that's going to break me And it's going to make me tougher, you know, tougher than I already was. So that was the Mm -hmm. Marines. That's why I went to the Marines. Sorry for the long. No, 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 uh, no. But no, I wanted. uh, And what was your react? Like, did you hear like horror stories about boot camp for the Marines? Absolutely. My recruiter who happened to be uh, from the neighborhood. So Mm -hmm. it just so happened he came back to the neighborhood and he he was from the neighborhood. He's Cambodian. In fact, he was a Cambodian name where he came from in Cambodia. Uh, you know, tough cookie. His family, actually, I remember specifically one of his cousins. She was a, a bad, bad girl. I mean, like tough people knew not to mess with her and his whole family. So it was quite interesting. And he told me, he said, look, this is probably going to be uh, don't mind, Nick. He's over there. Justin, if you <laughs> Yo,
4: he fits right in, brother. He fits right. So
3: in. He, he tells me he tells me, look, did you sure you want to go to the Marines? And I looked at him. I said, yeah, well, can I leave right now? And uh, I was like, I'm just joking, but, you know, I'm I'm ready to go. Um, and so, you know, we went through the process. But he, you know, one thing, there's a lot of horror stories about recruiters. My recruiters were, I, I guess because they knew, you know, I would punch them. Even if I get beat up, I'm going to throw a blow at that time. <laughs> you know? I was like, you look, you want to lose, you learn something, right? At the time, I'm going to dodge. <laughs> was it tough? Was, was boot camp tough? A uh, boot camp was tough. I tell you what was the toughest thing. First time on a plane? Really? First time on a plane. Man, I just told you it came from the hood. But you're <laughs> like, you never vacation or anything? Okay, so first time on a plane. <laughs> first time on a plane, you know, uh, first time being away from uh, family and friends. Uh, very lonely. I felt very lonely uh, physically, spiritually, and mentally. Uh, although you, you meet these people, they're all brand new. And there's people screaming at you and shaving your head off and saying oh smart smart things. And with my gestures coming from Brooklyn, I look at you if you look at me. And if you stare at me, I stare at you. Well, that was my first time that I felt a little bit of fear because this guy, I didn't get the drill instructors that were like my height or average height. I had the most abnormal drill instructors. I had one guy who's 6'7". Oh, my God. The other guy's 6'4". And then the senior, who's who's, who's obviously senior, right? Keyword senior. He's like 5'3". What? And he was the loudest one, so I'm uh, in there in yeah. complete shock. The I got Chihuahua. all these guys screaming, and I'm looking at the Chihuahua like, "Shut up!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I'm looking at these guys because I'm like, I I'm pretty positive you and I could go. You know, I played a lot of <laughs> basketball in the streets and handball, and I ran from a lot of people. I don't want to say anybody in particular. Yeah, if you yeah. Know what I mean. <laughs> Some styles. <turnstiles. laughs> yes. So yes, it it was it was a little scary. It was, it was definitely difficult. Like I said, mentally, you know, I had a lot of learning to do and they keep you up purposely. So from that perspective, it is, you know, you, you get some guys that that they come out of boot camp last night and they'll tell you, oh, it was a breeze. And I'm like, Yeah, you're still 25.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So when you how long did you do with uh with the Marines?
3: So I, I went in a couple of times, right? So the first time I signed up, it was four years active mm. duty and four years inactive. That's one contract. Jeez. So it's eight years. So I did my four years. I got out, and about a year and a half later, I got what's called presidentially recalled due to the fact that we were Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring oh Freedom, and I was not my mother's uh, only son. I wasn't married and have kids, so I, I came back in for another three years. Gee, you know, and you know what? Actually, I think it it helped me because when I got out in 04 of November, where I was uh, mentally, mm-hmm. I don't think was good. Mm-hmm. To this, that's probably the first time I say that um, that detail, that specific. So I was, you know, I was working, I was trying to stay positive, but I was doing a lot of drinking, yeah. a lot of hanging out. That's and when you went back in the second time. So when I went back in the second time, I had no choice, but to straighten up straight. Absolutely. I took, I take the Marine Corps in service very seriously. And, and, you know, and the job that I had when I came back in, I I wasn't, you know, I was working 12, 15 hours and I was the guy who would call uh, someone's family member and say, you know your your marine has been severely wounded in mm. combat, and that made me a man. The minute that first phone call I made, oh, I bet, yeah, I was like, "Boom, <laughs> wake up! <laughs> what? Well, Nothing's so funny anymore." Yeah, yeah, So you 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 know, and and I would assume uh, for police officers is the same. You you your emotions get put to the back. Oh, totally. Because you got to do the totally. job, and then what happens is people are saying a joke, and you're looking at them like. Oh, I'm dying laughing in reality. You're like, uh, I, I really am trying to laugh. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember I remember getting on and my Mike can speak to this. He was he was on a lot he's on a lot longer than I was, but I remember like you know, the academy kind of reminds me of boot camp. It kind of prepares you for the, the core basics. The core basics. But when you get out there and you encounter your first dead per person or your first homicide or your first severely injured person. It is nothing like the TV, the movies. It is nothing like that. And people don't understand that that's stuff that you have to suppress because you, you won't get through an entire shift if you just dwell on it, especially seeing, um, children deceased, that stuff, you know, it, it is not, you're not meant to see that stuff. You're not meant, you're not, it's, it's not something that's normal, um, and I think where our profession and I think the military is pretty similar is, is that, you know, asking for help or or going up to somebody and mm. saying, hey, I
3: am not OK. That uh, is a
0: form of weakness. That is like, you know.
3: Yes. It's, it's the unwritten rule. Yes. Right. Yes. It, it's the unwritten rule to not ask for help. A- right. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, you, you touch on something so delicate. Mm-hmm. There is a thin line between. Getting the professional help you need and thinking I'm gonna lose my career. Yep. And in some cases, unfortunately, it's true. Huh. It's uh, true. If you know, think about it. I have friends that are intelligence. Uh, not many friends that are snipers. I mean, no, few snipers. But I think one is my real friend because I, I served with him, mm-hmm. and and so I got to see what they did from a different perspective. But my point is, there are these different military occupation specialties, right? MOSs. And depending on which one you take is what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to then turn around and say, well, I'm an intelligence or so I'm a military police officer and I have some trauma. And they're like, well, let me get that weapon. Let me get that yeah. badge. And so you don't want that because law enforcement I, is the same. It's like, exactly. no, wait a second. You're taking away my livelihood. This is what I know. I get up and do this and well, I sleep on this. And that's, you're that's, that's because the first thing they, they go for.
0: And, uh, and uh, this is a perfect segue. Um, I got an email on Monday. Uh, so last week, a week from today, uh, I got an email from this gentleman. I'm going to keep uh, his name and his location. Obviously, we totally we we understand. Say. Uh, so, uh, the guy's name is Martin and, uh, I'm going to read you the email. Uh, I feel like I've been stalking you guys. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, over a week now, and I can't, uh, can't get enough of it. Uh, I wanted to take a few minutes to pass along a heartfelt thank you for what you guys are doing with the podcast. I have been a cop in Seattle for 21 years and have uh, been in forensics for the last 15 years. Over that time, I've seen things that the average person never sees. And in all honesty, I really don't think that the human mind is built to see. Den and abuse babies, kids, adults, et cetera. For years, I've had the fortune to be able to deal with the death and just. And the destruction of the job over the past two decades, I have put the things I have seen into a lockbox, thrown the key away, and placed the lockbox in a far uh, in the far reaches of my mind. However, the other day I was called to work, called into work to work a homicide. Not one time while on scene did my lieutenant call to check on me or my guys. When I got back to the police department, my lieutenant was not in his office, and. And out, quote unquote, making his rounds that that's code for going to get something to eat, Uh, but had yet to check on me or my guys. At that point, I had lost it. By the grace of God, I found two other lieutenants, one of which uh, was from our professional standards unit uh, and went off on them about my lieutenant's lack of leadership. I realized that I need to talk to him. But at that point, uh, it was probably not in the best interest of my career. I did later talk to my lieutenant and got everything squared away. Later in the day, I spoke to the lieutenant of the peer support team. I walked into his office and broke down and told him that I was having issues and needed help. Uh, He and I talked for about 45 minutes, and at one point, he broke down discussing a shooting he was involved in several years ago. I think that listening to your podcast helped drive the fact that asking for help is acceptable and, in fact, as a sign of strength. Uh, This past weekend, I spoke with a buddy of mine who is a counselor um, for the local VA, and he gave me a name of a place to reach out for additional help. Uh, When I started my career in law enforcement, my goal was to save one citizen, which I have already accomplished. Now my goal is to save at least one officer. My hope is is that by letting the younger officers know that uh, I struggled and that I am getting help, hopefully it will make it easier to help those uh, uh, to get help for themselves, it seems that everybody I speak to about issues, the first people I mention is you guys and your podcast and how great you guys are. I can't thank you guys enough for the work you are doing and wish you guys success beyond your wildest beliefs. Um, and then at the end, he put a, a, a asterisk. He said, "If it helps even one person, please feel free to share my story." Um, I held on to this email because I knew we were going to do an episode and just to answer a couple of things in his email um this is going to by far help more than one officer because mike and i can beat uh beat a dead horse and we can say over and over and over it's okay to ask for help it's okay to say that you're not okay all this other stuff but there are times uh fairly recently that i have really really considered shutting the roll call room podcast down uh very, very recent within the last couple of weeks. Uh, Mike and I have never even discussed this. And uh, that's
3: crazy, man, because yeah. I've been on here a few minutes and I, I'm already blown away. So, well, I'll tell you this is, is uh, you know. The backstory, Mike knows all
0: the backstory with my previous agency and I'm just fatigued with fighting with my old agency. I don't mention them anymore. I have gone two months without hearing anything about them. And then last week up pops a fake Facebook account with my picture and they superimposed a clown uh, wig on me and just made up this fake Facebook page and started requesting all of my friends and my family. And I didn't get it. I would have, I would accept it. I know. And you know, the interesting part about it was, is that. What I love about police departments is is it's 13th grade. It's like it's like high school, you know, so I had had enough. I had had enough. Um, There uh, is a city council member within the city that I used to work in that is trying to get police oversight for the police department and police reform. I emailed him directly and I shot him everything that I've had over the last seven months of retaliation for my old job. Then I call the police department and I file the police report, which is something that I have not done in times past because I just don't really want to deal with it. So wouldn't you know it, Mike? Um, out of nowhere, I get this alert on my Facebook. I get a message from the sergeant who initiated the internal investigation against me and ultimately destroyed my career. And he says, Nick, I want you to know again. I haven't talked to this guy since I left the department and I found out that he was going around telling people that I was under investigation before I was even notified that
4: I was under investigation. Well, I mean, you stopped communication uh, a while ago. Like as soon as like the separation went, you didn't really have that much communication with, with anybody from the department, right? No. So this,
0: uh, this Sergeant who, um, just get this alert. Like I'm driving in my car and I get this alert and it says, Nick, I want you to know I have not created anything about you or what occurred. I have not commented on a post on Facebook or anywhere else. I have asked the people to stop, but obviously they are clowns. Uh, there are still clowns out there from the beginning of this. My only part was making my captain aware that we were unable to locate property property. I did not even know existed. The list I had sent you was all I knew about at the time when I emailed you. The investigation was not started by me. Bullshit. Uh, That decision was way above my head. I was on a gag order and did not speak about you or the investigation. Bullshit. I don't know who still feels the need to keep it going, but it's getting old. If I have anything to say, I have enough respect for you to do, do it directly to your face. That's bullshit as well. I don't know what the investigation revealed and I don't care. You either made a mistake or you didn't. That is between you and the department. I heard. People say that I did this to move up the lieutenant's list. There was no way I was getting promoted, even if six more were taken off the list. I'm sorry this is going on, but it's not me. I wish you luck with your endeavors and wish you well, Mike. Now, I've been out of New York for 15 years. I had considered my New Yorkness had left my body. (laughs)
4: that doesn't happen that shit never leaves
0: (laughs) i literally pulled my car over okay i was on my way back from from work my 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 government job i pulled my car over and this is what i wrote back bro you're a liar and a fraud i foiled your emails and you are a part of it I was there when you had your mental breakdown and never used it against you that is over the more your buddies keep pushing the worse it's going to get i remained silent for months and now it's over and what i refer to that is is this sergeant had a mental breakdown at work and i got a phone call from a captain captain says hey report to the department's doctor i don't know what the i don't know what's going on i go there this sergeant is in an examination room, lost. Just lost it because they put him on midnights. He got promoted. They put him on midnights, and he couldn't handle the hours. So he lost it.
3: Mm.
0: You know, it happens. I didn't have any ill will towards the guy. I felt really horrible for him. I drove the guy home. I'm listening to the guy as I'm driving him home, crying, doing all this stuff. Did I go around the department and tell anybody about about this never said a word i kept it completely silent and this is a guy that writes me this thing and basically just destroyed my career just destroyed my law enforcement career and this is the kind of stuff these are the kind of people that are in law enforcement Uh,
4: right but uh, nick you got to realize too like like you said it's 13th grade i mean i've been um i've been on the job 20 years and it's th- it's thirteenth grade. The only thing different is that we have guns. Yeah, That's scary. <laughs> you, you know, like and and just you got to listen to yourself. He's reaching out. Somebody's creating a page, mm-hmm. so everyone's listening to what what you're saying. Right, oh, you know, know, what I'm saying like like you're touching people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 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 out there. You're you're reaching people for good. You know, and, and you know what? Fuck them. Who cares? Uh, you know what? I can't wait. I, you know what? Someone made a – I'd laugh at it. Laugh it off because you know what? You can't get it into your head. No. No, it, You know it's what? about it's, it just, now. It's, just, it's just jealousy. It's just jealousy. It's just jealousy. That's all it is, brother. Buy yourself a motorcycle.
3: <laughs> so, so I got Nick telling this in-depth story about –
0: You know what? Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're running on uh, on fumes. (laughs) All right. We'll be uh, right back.
1: Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you could get some pretty cool shit with it including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today. The
0: wind's whipping down walk. <laughs> the man!
2: You guys know what time of it is? What time? What?
4: what? what? Oh, Christmas time. You guys, all, you guys all
2: been good and practicing real hard.
0: All right, we are back from break. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, Mike, how are you? How did you feel? You pulled me back a little bit. We had to go on break.
4: <laughs> Just making sure you're okay, Pop. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry about that. I don't uh, I don't need our new guest storming out. Like what the fuck
3: did he get himself into? Yeah, yeah. He uh That did cross my mind, but so then uh, again, and <laughs> it's an <innocent> bystander. <laughs> is your is your wife going to listen to this episode? Uh, what What's that friends, all my friends are gonna That's my up. dog oh my i'm i'm standing it everywhere oh I mean. my god this is oh. this is your business oh my <laughs> yes, it you are you i'm are. here to correlate leadership and what was the other one <laughs> you, go. You, know what I'm here for? you know what's funny
0: is i had a fan come to the cafe and be like do you guys purposely not talk about the title of the episode is and i go No, but it always happens. We always title an episode and we never talk about that
3: topic. It's just, it's weird. Like, we get in and we just start talking wow. about regular shit. You know what it is? It's think, like, but I think it, it, it. This all has to do with leadership because I oh, could totally take everything that you, you know, you, obviously you're not emphasizing and taking points out of it, the story. But you know the the email you just read. He's asking for leadership. He's asking for his leader to be there for him and lead him through a tough time.
0: Right. But I'm glad that I'm glad that he actually eventually went to his actual lieutenant that didn't check on him because. Commanders need to be um, trained. They need to be trained, even if they've been a lieutenant for 15 years. Um, They have to be told or you have to be receptive to be told what you're not doing right. I I would tend to think that if if my people went on a horrific scene, one of the first things you need to do is check and make sure everybody's okay. The fact that the lieutenant lieutenant didn't lieutenant didn't do that. That's concerning. Um, especially now, now with these these days, that should be the first thing that's on your mind. Um, but I'm glad that he actually did go talk to um his lieutenant, and I'm I'm glad that he's turning it into a positive by like talking to younger officers. Because the big problem is, is a lot of these new younger officers don't have good role models. These crusty twenty year old knuckle draggers like Mike, you know, that they don't open up. And then they don't turn around and go, yeah, you know, I had a scene like that, and you know, I couldn't sleep
3: for two days, or you know, they don't talk do you and,
4: and do you know the biggest yeah. reason why?
3: Yeah, same thing happens in the military where you, you Mike, you shut get up. The, the older guys that don't, it, it, it's cle- it, it, it's not a positive thing to say. Man, I just, I just did a thirty-six hour shift on the road here, mm-hmm. and I, I saw some stuff and did some stuff, and you know, that kid or. That lady or or that guy reminded me of my brother, and now he's dead. Was that me? And you know they they go back, and you just keep your mouth shut. You don't you don't talk about yeah. it. And and you're right, it happens. It happens in the military as well. And then the young bucks they they're lost. Yeah. And then what happens is those older guys get out, so that young buck comes in, and he's all over the place. And now you got kids leading kids.
4: Yeah, and and a lot of a lot of times too, like these leaders they they don't know they 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 haven't been to that scene they haven't they haven't go ahead keep go with the motorcycles they haven't been to that scene they haven't been to that homicide they haven't had to pull the trigger yeah. so they don't know so they they pretend uh, or they just don't say anything you know mm. this whole epidemic and and everything um you know like the police department the police department all around the world or all around the country, they're losing veteran cops that have time on the street that know how to handle a job, and they're losing them. They're retiring. They're just – and that's going to wind up hurting the department, all the departments, you know, and, and like, the military. You know, like, you got guys who've, who've been in combat and guys who wish they want, were in combat that say they are in combat, but they don't know shit.
3: You mm-hmm. got it. Yep.
4: You know, so they're, they're telling – they're telling the recruits or, or um, uh, what do you
3: call them? In the military rookies. Um, so they're recruits. Yeah, they're well, recruits. Yeah, they, the whole military, they're all recruits. Yeah. When they're so, boot camp. Oh, is that what they're called? So when you're in boot, so here's what happens: you you, you're a recruit, and then you go. You know, they recruit you. You're a recruit till you graduate boot camp and become whatever it is. So for uh. me, I was a I was a recruit Santana. You know, and then I I became. Marine Santana and whatever title, whether that's a private, that. a private first class, what have you. Let me tell you a quick story here about a military police officer. I don't want to say his name, but he was one of my Marines. and he, um, Just call him Steve. Uh, well, first and foremost, rest in peace to my brother. Oh, so let's damn, start there. Sorry. So he's in combat. this now guy I like crap. He's in combat multiple times. He comes back. He, he gets stationed right around the block here.
4: Is that like a second tour, or this is all one continuous? He,
3: so he did, he did, he did his tour. Uh, he did two tours actually. I think two or three back to back. So, okay. which, which is rare for Marines because we do six months, but you can extend, and sometimes you could jump on with somebody else. He comes back, and so now he has this leader in charge of him who's never been in combat. Mm. So this guy, military police officer. So when he's over there, he's escorting the bad boys in and out. He's doing convoys. He's doing. A bunch of stuff. He's all over the place, right? Because you're a military police officer. So you you do security type stuff, whether you're uh, on a convoy leading it or guarding it or you're patrolling or you're escorting you know, some of the special forces, what have you. So he comes back to this guy who's not been in combat, who, who outranks him. And he's like, hey, you're going to be on this post. You're going to be on that post. Not dealing with any of the stuff he dealt with.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that leader, right, pretty much leads him to do some bad things,
0: mm.
3: which then lands him where I was. And now I'm in charge of him, trying to get an understanding of him. So, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know all sides of the story. All I know is that when this Marine came to me, he was in a very bad state. Mm. And, uh, and 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 as far as the rest, he, you know, he, he passed away. And how he passed away to me, I, I, I think is somewhat relevant, but it, it's, it's not for here to mm. discuss. but. Well, what I am going to say is, it, leadership is, is is so important, and education in leadership is more important. I, I sometimes think the reason leaders suck so much, and there's so many sucky leaders, is because you can't teach it. Mm-hmm. It's natural. Yeah, uh, no, I agree with so, you. And on a that. lot of the natural leaders become so overwhelmed because mm-hmm. their leadership is bad that they're like deuces. I'm gonna go start a coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, well, I'll tell you this. When, when I became a sergeant, one of the things I tried to do was stay very, very humble, but also acknowledge Amen. that Humility. I don't know everything Amen. and know when you don't know. Amen. Man, you that's
3: huge that's true humility it's huge, it's huge. Uh, and I pray for that bro I pray I pray for coming from New York I pray for a lot of humility yeah because you don't see it part of being a New Yorker is not being humble it's aggressive you're silent and and I don't speak for all New Yorkers but I'm speaking for myself mm-hmm. and the environments the society the community I was in uh, it was it's rare to see very rare. A humility so again I don't speak for everyone in, in New York but but as for me praying for humility has helped me so much to grow. To mm-hmm. the point where I even now know when to keep my mouth shut.
0: See, I I, I still don't have that um, gift yet. I'm trying. I really am. Um, that's the first step, bro. It's it's trying. so hard because I've always been a person that there's right and there's wrong. And when you're right and you're you're prepared to die on that hill for being right, that everything around you that's telling you that you're not right, you need to fight need to fight to get your voice out to say, Hey, I am right. And I have been fighting for seven or eight months with this agency or people in the agency. It's not the whole agency because there's really good people in the agency. I have been fighting with politics. I have been fighting with uh, a couple of rogue people that um, are just bullies. They're just bullies and they hate to see somebody succeed. Like, in my former agency you're supposed to leave there and then crumble you're not you're not allowed to succeed like when you leave the agency they want you to be in shambles they don't want you to be successful and that's usually what winds up happening people that get fired from my old agency or get forced out they have a very very tough life afterwards because they have the agency has a history of destroying your
3: your your future like it has a way of like that's crazy you know why that's crazy let me tell you why that's crazy because you represent them Mm -hmm. and so in the military we have a different mindset whether you stay in or you get out we want you to succeed you would think we want you to succeed and we want to give you the tools and we want to give you the support Mm -hmm. so that you can succeed obviously um, you know, it doesn't work out like that for everyone, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. but, but we do. Uh, and when I say we do, I'm, I, my current government job, which I don't really want to get too much into that because yeah, it's stop separate, shit. but that's, that's part of what we do So yeah. make sure that you have the tools and you use them. Uh, so that is so well, contradictory. Well, like, you know,
0: the thing <laughs> is, is you gotta, you gotta know the agency, which is, is the large majority of the officers in that agency cannot get hired anywhere else because they're a disaster. And because of that, they're bullies. The reason why they can't get hired at other agencies is because they can't pass backgrounds at bigger agencies because they're past, mm. uh, they're past aggressions, uh, they're past indiscretions. Other things would bar them from get hi- getting hired. But Alexandria is such a small department that they'll give you a second chance. They'll, they'll allow you to get hired. But then that's where their true colors come out because they're they're bullies. They've always been bullies their whole entire life, and now you give them a gun and a badge, and it is bully central. Oh, Mike talked about it last episode, which is a lot of a lot of cops, a lot of cops were were assholes in high school. They were Yeah, absolutely.
4: Military man, you know. I'll tell you, and it goes for the military too. Yo, like this. I know this motherfucker. You know, he was a f- douchebag, a absolute douchebag. I'm, I'm right here. I'm sorry. And he just.
3: you a training wheel.
4: Yeah. He, he would just, you know, get bullied. You know, he was always with mommy, mommy and grandma and, and, you know, coddled his whole life, you know, couldn't get a girlfriend, um, got on the job and now he had this entitlement and he still has this entitlement to today has know. this entitlement that i'm the shit um you you're everyone else is below me if you don't if you're not up to my standards mm-hmm. you're below me it doesn't matter who you are
0: that's the majority of of law enforcement
4: yeah and it's, it's absolutely sickening oh, it's sickening because you know what i i never forgot where i came from so i'm on the job 20 years um my first interaction with with negativity just got out of the academy. Um, I was doing an accident report, and I turned to the senior cop in the car, and I said, "Hey, is this you know is this right?" Because I know things are done differently than we're taught. He goes, "Didn't you just get out of the academy, rookie?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Then fucking figure it out yourself." Yeah. Wow. So I was like, "Wow." Yeah. And and. Since that day, I was vowed to myself: I'm never gonna be
0: that salty.
4: That salty. That's not even salty, man. That's that's, well, a, that's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Not, that salty. And, I can't and, and and to this day, listen, I don't care. I went into the cells. I locked up somebody. I went into the cells. You? Yeah, I went in the cells to listen. I treat my my perps good. If they're good to me, I'm good to them. So I gave him some food. So one of the one of the new Jacks, one of the rookies just came out of the Academy and he's like, Oh, detective, can you, uh, can you look at this for me? And then one of the other cops was like, are you kidding me? Why the fuck are you asking him? You leave him alone. He's got this amount of time on. And I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, my man, slow your roll. See, that's not pulled. I pulled him outside. And I'm like, yo, don't do that. This kid doesn't know. I yeah. said, so why are you going to, why are you going to hit him with negativity? I don't care. He's like, you don't have time for that. I go, bro, you forgot where you came from. Mm -hmm. I was a rookie too. Mm -hmm. And I I don't consider myself a leader. I don't consider myself a senior guy or nothing. I'm just a glorified cop. That's all I am. Sounds like what you guys need. All right, Mike. All right.
3: Get it over with, Mike. Sounds like what you guys need is a motorcycle sound. Of Mike's motorcycle crashing. <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's got oh. that. He's I, had, got that I, bro. Wanted,
0: I wanted to play this for you. A fan, I don't know how they got a hold of this audio from it was a family dinner that Mike had when he was younger. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> Mike has no idea that I got a hold of this. Wow. You ready? Let's go. Let's see about real
3: quick. I wanted to take this
0: time to Say that we're gonna be under a lot of media scrutiny. So if there's anything that you want to talk about, any kind of secrets or stories or fibs. secrets, Now's the time to put it on the table, okay? Okay. And if you tell me, if you tell me and your mom, we're not gonna be mad. Your dad had a strong accent, Mike.
1: I said the Lord's name in vain at school.
4: That was your brother. Wow. You see the shit he puts me through? Wow.
0: Hold on. Just getting started. Well, I said I wasn't going to get angry and I'm not angry. Your dad's very yeah. forgiving. I went to the petting zoo and I
3: I let the goat lick my penis.
0: Wow, Mike. Wow. I um I don't even know I don't even know what to say. Uh, but I will say speechless. Ladies and gentlemen,
4: Uh, it
0: is Mike's favorite time. We are going to play Law Enforcement Family Feud with our in-studio guest. Mike, are you excited about this?
4: Yeah, I'm I'm so excited.
0: I want you to get pumped, okay? Okay. You get pumped. All right. It is time for your favorite game, Law Enforcement Family Feud. We're going to ask each contestant a question. We polled. We polled 100 people. And we ask them this question, we're gonna let you go first, okay? All right. Top five answers. Top five answers. Okay. Your sergeant tells you that you must go and break up Thanksgiving dinner because of COVID at each house that has over 15 people. We polled a hundred people. What would be your response? To the sergeant. Hell no!
3: <laughs> Can I hear hell no? Hey, that is number one. Number to go one to a damn house with fifteen people by myself <laughs> as they break up Thanksgiving. I'm getting hit with a turkey, yeah. with green, <laughs> stuffing with cranberry sauce. I might oh. sit down and join them. Yo, no joke.
4: We had um <laughs> my first uh couple of uh Thanksgivings that I've worked on patrol, Mm. you'd always get that call and you'd get it would be a domestic fight and you walk in and the turkey's flying. Oh (laughs) my god. Getting hit with drumsticks and shit. It's fucking hilarious. I need to add, I was a field MP. Okay. Police officer in the Marine
3: Corps. I augmented for a while and I was a field MP. So unlike the gate guards that you see, I was overseas doing you know, protecting stuff and doing things like that. And yeah. uh, I was part of a joint task force Bravo um, in, in Soto Conroe Air base in, in Honduras. And we did some stuff over there too in part of SOCOM and things like that. So um, I had a little time with a bag and, and a gun. And, and you know what I can tell you is that instantly, instantly doing that the Marine buddies that I had outside of the MP world were like snitch Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to our world, my friend. I lost all
0: my civilian friends when I I became a cop.
3: So I came back and, you know, uh, for a while, I mean, I was in this true story. Avila, where you you at? I'll smack you again. Listen, I'm in a bunker (laughs) with this Mexican guy from California. His name is Avila. He was a beast. I mean, this guy was humongous. One time he launched on me in a tent on a cot. And because I was quick and smooth, I swerved and he scratched, um, on the edge of a metal cot his thing he'll probably forget but i have friends that were there that are still my buddy <laughs> that, that that are witnesses anyway so we're in a bunker this guy used to try to mess with me right we're in a bunker right so alarm went off we're in full mock gear we got our gas mask on i'm in a bunker and he's just talking crap and i'm like did you realize you have no canister on your mask mm. so it's like 15 of us in this bunker with a with a with a mask with a gas mask But his had no canister. I'm like, why don't you shut up and screw that gas, the the (laughs) canister on? You want one? Like too late now. I I was like, that's why I'm so calm in here, because you ain't dead yet. (laughs) All
0: right, Mike. (laughs) Sergeant says, go in that house, break up Thanksgiving dinner of fifteen people. What do you say?
4: I'm on my break. Uh,
0: Top five answers. What was your uh, your answer? I'm on meal. I'm on meal. Mm, uh. No, Mike. Nope. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, that is a wrong answer.
4: Of course. All is.
0: right. So back to uh, back to you. Top five answers. What would a sergeant? Well, sergeant says to you, go into that house and break up Thanksgiving dinner of 15 people inside. What would you say? I'm on meal. I'm on meal. Yes. Oh, Number two (laughs) answer. Absolutely amazing. I see this is how
4: this game is going.
0: (laughs) Mike, three questions, uh, three answers on the board. Three questions, Mike. Three answers, I mean. What would you say... The so sergeant told you to go into a house to break up Thanksgiving dinner.
4: Talk to my delegate. Talk to my delegate.
0: Mm. I'm sorry, Mike. Not everybody has a union. All right.
4: Oh, that's right. Down south, there, no union. FOP, right? Uh,
0: or something else. Two fingers and jelly. Oh. All right, we're going to go break up a Thanksgiving dinner, and you say, my squad car broke. My squad <laughs> car broke. Number three, this is amazing. He's
4: doing fantastic. Mike? Yeah, that is a good one. That Yeah.
0: Mike, one more answer on the board.
4: I'm going line of duty. What? what? I'm going line of duty. I'm hurt.
0: Oh, well
3: (laughs) we already knew that. Man, you asked for it.
0: (laughs) That's wrong. Last answer on the board. It's up to you, buddy. What do you
3: got? I left my gun at the at the desk.
0: People don't even realize that does happen. I know. And it is the right answer. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. We're going to do a quick speed round. Mike, we're not expecting very much from you. No. Um, we asked, we polled 100 people, and we asked them, would you rather be a commander who is not qualified for their job or a clown in
3: a dunk tank? A commander not qualified for my job.
0: <laughs> you got it, right? <laughs> and you win the game, as yes. always, Mike. You are a loser. <laughs> if you're taking home today, is absolutely nothing. We have no prizes. Oh, wait. No, that's wrong. You get an autographed poster of Mike and I and some Roll Call Room swag, courtesy of Patreon and Midnight Platoon. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not checked out MidnightPlatoon.com, I am actually wearing one of it. Mike, did you notice I'm wearing one of... Uh, I did. I did. Uh, and I got a package today in from Midnight Platoon. They had this amazing Black Friday sale. If you missed it, they were five dollar t shirts. Yeah. It was awesome. Dude, I bought like so many shirts. Uh, so if you go to roll um, if you go to midnightplatoon.com, uh I believe the promo code is RCR or roll call room. Um, we gotta text them. Um, but I'll put it in the description when we publish it. You guys have been using promo codes a lot, uh, at midnight platoon. Their stuff is really nice. Um, Supreme whiskey stones, uh, go check them out. Supreme whiskey stones. They've been, uh, uh, good to us. Always posting good stuff about us. Um, what else we got? Um, cafe.com. If you're looking for coffee, um we ship coffee we roast it here and then we ship it out i know a lot of fans have been buying coffee what
4: time do you wake, wake up, up this morning
0: i woke up at 3 a.m yeah. to roast coffee why so late <laughs> why so
4: late? <laughs> <laughs> he already he already did five <laughs> mile, he already did a five mile run he already did uh <laughs> <laughs> <need> a baby. <laughs> Eat a little baby. Uh
0: but yes, I do I do get into the cafe at four o'clock in the morning and I roast uh, coffee. And those of you that order your coffee, uh, so Ernie from Ernie and Joe Crisis Cops ordered a crap ton of uh coffee. Um and I made up custom labels for his coffee. I think it was like twenty two bags, so twenty two pounds of coffee uh as Christmas gifts and um a uh, big shout out to Ernie. Um, he put it up on Twitter. So, um, Mike, what do you have parting uh, for our folks? Um, I know we're. I'm going to get a lot of hate mail uh, about teasing you again, but I just don't care.
4: I know. It do- that doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that one slipped.
4: Yeah. Uh, no, just uh, be safe. Um, and uh, that's it, man. Just if you guys need anything, just please reach out to one of us. You know, I like you know, we joke around all the time, everything's a laugh. You know, we've said it from the beginning you have to laugh because if you keep it in and let it build, you're just going to destroy yourself. So just let just shoot us an email,
3: yeah. do something.
0: Where can they email you, Mike? It's only been 30 episodes and you still don't plug your email address. <laughs> Mike at rollcallroom.com or Nick at RollCallRoom.com Now you have a YouTube channel, right? A vet's success at YouTube. You got it. A vet's success. A Vets success on YouTube. Yes. I want you guys to check it out. We're definitely gonna have to have you on again. I would love to be here again. Yeah. I love it. I love the energy. It's amazing. T- there's Thank just you. so much to cover and to try and keep it to uh to an hour. It's just so, so freaking hard. Um I, we don't do Joe Rogan podcast where they're like four hours long. Uh, but folks keep sending your emails in. I know I've gotten a lot of emails. I will try and get to all of them and reply back to them. Uh, I know some of you have asked for some swag. I know I'm very behind on sending out swag. Um, just understand opening up a new business. has just consumed my life and working my real government job. Um, but I will get it out to you guys. So uh, go to rollcallroom.com. You can email Mike or I. Um, we got swag to give out. So please uh, hit us up. And just my final um, thing that I just want to say is uh, to the sergeant who messaged me on Facebook, go fuck yourself.
4: Mike, anything
0: else? <laughs>
4: dick. Now, um, just, hey, man, thank you for your service. Um, yes. You know, thank very you. Well, very well. you know, you're. You know, you and the history of the military um, is the reason why we can uh, do and say what we want. And you know, I have the utmost respect for you. Thank, thank you, you. thank you very much, brother. I I really appreciate what you, you and your fellow military have done for us. God bless you and your
3: family, man. Same, same. same. Thank you very much.
0: You are amazing, Mike. You, uh,
4: see, this is the shit that, see, you're just new to the podcast. So this is
3: the shit I get every, every time. If there's one thing I'm going to remember is you and that (laughs) motorcycle (laughs) training wheels. It's just
0: amazing. Um, It is. Mike brings a lot to the table, like every single time. It's just, I, I don't know how we do it without him.
4: Make sure you, make sure you tell him about the, the chocolate dick I sent you.
0: All right, Mike. Jesus. Did you hear he was
3: Christian? Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? No, listen, this. listen, guys, I, I don't judge. <laughs> yeah. I, don't no, judge. Not. I don't, I don't judge. And, uh, I, I'm not going to stop meeting people or being people's friends because they're not uh, in, in that, you know, aligned with, with everything that I think, I think that that's very horrible. Um, for, You're me, a good dude, for me to lead by example, I have to put myself in the tough circles where people are cursing and drinking. You know why? Because maybe I leave a little piece of heaven behind. Mm. Maybe I leave you thinking. Right. And so it, it's my actions at the end of the day um, that I think makes a difference. And that's what we're talking about here. Real talk. Cool. Right. What are we talking about? We're talking about people leading by example, people stepping up to the plate, people taking their courage and putting it in the right place because it's easy to say, you know what, that lieutenant man. I would like to have some words with him because it's common sense that your men are or women, your you know whoever was under you just had a hard case. You're supposed to be there. You're supposed to put in that extra hour and say, "Listen, put that gun down. Let's go for a walk."
0: Well, we need more of that. I mean, we need we need more of that stuff right now. We need more good leaders, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm
4: positive hoping, reinforcement.
0: I'm, I'm hoping with police reform that some sort of leadership reform happens. Uh, I really need the dinosaurs to kind of die off and let some u- new young blood start leading these police departments into the 21st century uh, because uh, these folks it's just, you know, it's sad they're not dying off quick enough. And I, and I don't mean death. I, you know what I mean by retiring and stuff. No, like I'm that, with you. you I'm know? tracking.
3: Yeah. I, I trust me. I've, I've worked in, On active duty, even off active duty, then I'm like, oh, my God, why don't you just leave? Like, you're making this miserable. It's all over in
0: law enforcement.
3: And you know what's interesting is that I find that a lot of these people are truly miserable. They're lonely. Mm -hmm. They have no one. Mm -hmm. You know, Or or, or they have people in their life and they're all gone. Yep. And you're like, wow, you know. Or they
0: love creating misery for other people. Yes. They love drama. Bad people do exist. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I've learned.
3: Absolutely. You know, when you're... There's a point where I was naive and I was like, no, people are good. I'm like, no, bad Mm -hmm. people exist. Same way the devil exists,
0: bad people exist. I'm with you. I always knew that people could be mean, but I never knew how mean until the last seven months of my life.
4: Mm.
0: Like to the point where it's like playground, stupid crap. But we do have to wrap it up. We're over on our time. All right, Mike, thanks for contributing nothing to the show. Absolutely, pal. Love you. I love you, buddy, and, um, you know, stay off the motorcycle. All right, folks, take it easy, and uh,
3: we'll talk to you later. All right, man. Mike, it was a pleasure, man. God bless you. God
4: bless you, brother.
3: Yeah. Mike,
4: just keep your freaking dog quiet, for God's sake. (laughs) Professional podcast. Come on, man. Um, The Rottweiler wants to get involved. Jesus.